You have to be yourself. You can't be something outside your comfortability. And I think sometimes, you know, we see this where an assistant coach was under some regime or some way of doing, and he saw the way his head coach did it. And so he's like, hey, I got to do it the exact same way, whether it's through schedules or practice, but that's really not the way that that person is. And so I think the key thing there in the essence of leadership is that you've got to be yourself and then tailor your battle rhythm and your structure and the way you're going to do it based on things that you believe in. Ben Kotwika has 17 years of coaching experience, including 15 seasons in the NFL. Most recently, Kotwika served as the assistant special teams coach for Minnesota in 2022 and was part of a coaching staff that helped the team to the NFC North division title. A graduate of Army West Point, where he was a linebacker and team captain, he went on to serve as a helicopter pilot, reaching the rank of captain and serving in the Iraq War, Bosnia, and Korea. He began his coaching career at the U.S. Military Academy's prep school as a defensive coordinator, then jumped to the NFL serving as a special teams analyst, coach, or coordinator for the New York Jets, Washington Redskins, Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings, and now the Denver Broncos under head coach Sean Payton. On today's podcast, he shares his influence and the importance of our roles as coaches, developing a leadership style, and innovation in the use of technology in teaching and developing players. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. On today's episode, we dig into navigating the coaching journey. We look at influences and mentors on and off the field and what they can do to help you. And we dig into teaching with technology. And joining me to do that is the special teams coordinator for the Denver Broncos, Ben Kubwika. Ben, it's great to have you here on the podcast. You and I have talked prior to this and, and met each other before, but I'm glad you're here and we're sitting down and talking ball. Good morning, Keith. Really grateful that you found some space to chat with me. And I think the platform that you got is awesome. I know I listen to the podcast, whether I'm driving or just going on a run and stuff. So I think what this platform is, is, is really exceptional and really uh, grateful to be part of it. Let's start things off here with just a little bit about your journey. And I think as you get into the higher levels, those journeys take you all over the place, all over the country, right? There's moves involved with those and a lot to be learned along the way. So for you, in looking at that, I know you had some great influences as well. We've had one of your biggest ones on the podcast this past summer 
and Mike Westoff, and I know he's there with you in Denver as well. But for you, the coaching journey, when you look back at it right now to where you are at this point, what were the main things you focused on in, in preparing for this podcast and thinking about how important that has been to you? Yeah, I think that when we talk about this journey, Keith, I, I go back to my days on the south side of Chicago when I was playing for the Tinley Park Bulldogs on the grass fields and the sandlots. That's kind of where it comes to. And it was even back then of cultivating teams, of bringing people together. And I think you mentioned about influences. And my journey really started with the youth football coaches who touched my heart and soul, just men that volunteered their time, a guy named Jack O'Neill and Bill Wildman. I mean, guys that when I was in sixth, seventh grade really made an impression on me, not only to be a better player, but to be a better person. And so my coaching journey really starts back to those grass fields on the south side of Chicago. And I think that's one thing before we kind of unpack a handful of things here today is as important is that those teachers and coaches that are listening, the impact that you're making on the lives is much, much, much bigger than X's and O's. You're influencing the youth and our future generations. And just like I was now, shoot now, 35, almost 40 years ago, I'm starting to date myself, but that's where that journey started. And then even in, in, you know, I was a two-sport guy, a football, baseball guy, and even through high school, that continued on. And so just was really, really fortunate, Keith, to be surrounded in this coaching journey, very young by coaches that made an impact on me, not only on the field, but off the field. Yeah. And that's such an important part of this. When you look at football today, and you and I were chatting a little bit about this before we got going, but the positive experience to keep these young people in the game is the most important part. Yeah, we want to teach them the fundamentals and we want them to learn the game. But more than anything, we want them to be around as they get into high school and maybe then have an opportunity to move on from there. But that's what our game needs, especially at the youth level, is just people creating a great experience for the young people who are in it. Absolutely. And that's why I think where my journey started. And then when I got into high school, coach by the name of Mike O'Neill was my coach when I was at Andrew High School. And I think it started there, Keith, as, as far as a player who had some athletic ability, but a player that coaches always said like, hey, you, you can see the game. You know, you, you study the game and you kind of know what the, you know, I was a defensive player, but you know what the opposition is doing you know, before the play even transcends. And then when uh, I was fortunate enough to, to go to West Point and got recruited by a coach named Bob Sutton and Bill Sheridan, who took a chance on me. And I ended up going out to West Point and played there for four years. I started for three. And that's how that journey continued to evolve as far as being a player that coaches said, you know, if you, if you wanted to do this someday, you'd be, a, you'd be a pretty good coach. And so went to West Point, played, beat Navy four years in a row and had a credible journey and and then ended up being a graduate assistant for one year and then got into the military and flew helicopters for eight years. I was an Apache driver and then got back into coaching. But those coaches at Army were, were also influential in this journey where, hey, you know, if you ever wanted to get back into coaching, you know, you'd be pretty good at it. And, and then down the road, I ended up taking them up on that offer. How much does the military background play into who you are as a coach and leader? 
I think the military background shapes a lot of who I am, not only the disciplines and the regiments and just maintain the focus. I, I think there's a whole, there's a lot of things that you can learn from the military. You know, in my experience, there was a lot of challenges that we overcame. But the one point that I would bring to you, Keith, is that when you talk about journey and experiences, I really think the people are the coin of the realm. The people that you're surrounded with are really what makes the experiences rewarding. Yes, there's X's and O's and playing football and winning games. But in the military, when I went to Iraq in 2004, 2005, uh, we were fortunate to be surrounded by one of the, the best teams that I've ever been a part of, not only from the leadership or your coaching staff, if you will, but the players, you know, the soldiers themselves. And I'd just like to take a minute to recognize all the men and women that do wear the uniform or have worn, worn the uniform for their service that really has provided and continues to provide the blanket of freedom, which allows us to do what we do. And so those people are the ones that really hit home. And, and the military does provide that foundation. West Point does that. It's arguably our nation's greatest la leadership laboratory. And uh, I was very, very fortunate to be, uh, to be part of that and have experiences that have shaped who I am today. You've obviously had influences then in helping you develop as a coach. Unpack some of that for us in, in getting into coaching. Yeah. Has it really helped you develop into the coach you are today? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple things there in regard to influences and connections. So the influences, again, started way back when, you know, I was in the youth football platform with those, those coaches that I had mentioned earlier, high school, those coaches, a guy named Roy Bullard was my freshman coach. That was really my introduction into high school football and baseball and just really had a way about him that made me want to be not only a better player, but a better person. And then once I got in to West Point, Bill Sheridan, Bob Sutton has been instrumental as far as an influence, a key element to helping me get back into. If not for him, I'm, I'm probably not doing this. And just a quick segue there is that I was coming out of Iraq in 2005 and I was, I was post company command. I was a combat company commander and was unsure what direction I was going to go. And I'm sitting in Kuwait, Keith, and I get an email from Bobby Ross. And so he had shot me an email and said, Hey, you know, I understand you're interested in coaching. We're looking for a guy to come back here to army. Would you be interested? And, and I kind of looked at that as my, oh gosh, moment, you know, I really want to do this because I didn't want to be 45, 48, you know, and retired from the military and say, you know, I would have been pretty good at that. And so I took Coach Ross up on that offer and he was an influence uh, just the way that he handled himself. And, and I would say, like, just watching Coach Ross is like he had a way in, of commanding and controlling and imparting instruction. And this would be my note to all coaches out there is there's a certain way in which you impart instruction and give commands that inspire players to do better. There's two different ways in which you do that. And I thought Coach Ross was excellent in that. And then when I got to the Jets, Coach Sutton was there, but the other one was Coach Mike Westhoff, who I'm fortunate enough to work with again today. And so those are a couple guys early in my career that really influenced, you know, not only my coaching style, but, you know, kind of the way I carry myself on a day-to-day -day basis. And Coach Westhoff read his book, figured it out, had him on the podcast, really, at the forefront of special teams in the NFL and what it's become and very innovative in his approach to it. So I imagine there's been a lot of that of Coach Westhoff that has rubbed off on you that you've learned from him and 
you know, now you're sitting in the seat. Yeah. So early in my career, I did both in my NFL career. I, I helped on the defensive side and I helped on the special team side and Mike had had a surgery on his leg. And yeah, the book is great. Figure it out. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great read, but he was walking around with a cane and, you know, when Mike would get fired up, he'd launch that thing about 30 yards down the field. And so one of my tasks was to, to go retrieve the cane. And so when I took this job here in Denver, you know, I've gotten the contract. I said, Hey, now Mike doesn't walk with a cane anymore, but I told, I said, Hey, Mike, you throw anything else down the field. I'm you have to go get somebody else to get that. I'm 48 years old now. I'm not, I'm not going, to, going to fetch that thing. But he has been a tremendous influence. And like the thing that really stands out with Mike is, yeah, not only like the innovation and what he's done for special teams is the way that he interacts with players, even though he's 75 now, you can see that, you know, when, when you're around him, there's a certain standard. And it's interesting when I left West Point, you know, when you leave West Point, you're a very, you, had, you mentioned about the military earlier there, Keith. When I left West Point, I was a 23-year-old lieutenant. I was going into an aviation outfit where I would be in charge of anywhere from 19-year-old privates who were just getting out of high school to 42, 43-year-old warrant officers who had been in the military as long as I'd been alive. And so you find ways in which you've got to connect with a wide audience. And I would share with you as when I left West Point, I had a Colonel, that was one of my instructors. And he said, Hey, Ben, you know, knowing what the standard isn't going to be the challenge, it's going to be enforcing that standard. And that is one thing that I really, really respect about Mike is he's able to connect with the whole spectrum of the roster. And that would be a message that I would say to the coaches out there that are listening is whatever the standard is, we've got to ensure that there's accountability across the board. And so there's different ways to enforce that, but I always thought that that's really, really important. And I thought that's one thing that Mike does really, really well. You and I were chatting before we got going here about leadership and, you know, you look at any level today, high school, small college, big college, pro, especially as you get to the seat where you are the head coach, you have the role of a CEO. And and when you think about it, it's not direct, you know, the, certainly the NFL guys are CEOs of multi-million dollar corporations. And when you think of what football means in a lot of these small towns, uh, I, I learned early on my first head coaching job that the school levy had a better chance of passing if we had a winning season. It's like, no, no pressure, right? <laughs> Especially because they hadn't had a winning season in 19, since 1983. Yeah. And it was, it was like uh, 2000 was here then, but the point being beyond the X's and O's, there's a lot you need to do. It's not a copy and paste function. It's not, well, I sat down at this clinic and coach so-and-so gave these great ideas on leading a program. I mean, just like how you got to fit the X's and O's to your players, you have to fit the leadership strategies, the leadership concepts, beliefs, all of that to you as well. It has to be true to you because it's going to fall short just like an offensive defense will break at some point if you don't have the answers, right. you're in a lot of trouble as a leader. Yeah, and I think that a couple of things to unpack there, Keith, you are right. Whether you're at the high school level, the Division three college level, FBS level, or the NFL, you are a CEO, which is much, much more about, much more than a X's and O's. And that is an awesome responsibility. It is an awesome responsibility. And the mantle of leadership at times can be heavy. There are difficult decisions that need to be made, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And I've been fortunate enough to be around six 
head NFL coaches. I started off with Coach Eric Mangini. I was with Coach Rex Ryan. I was with Dan Quinn. I was with Jay Gruden. I was with Kevin O'Connell last year in Minnesota and now Coach Peyton here in Denver. And I would share with you this. They're all different. There's not better or worse. It's just different. But I think you hit something on the head there, Keith, is you have to be yourself. You have to be yourself. You can't be something outside your comfortability. And I think sometimes, you know, we see this where an assistant coach was under some regime or some way of doing, and he saw the way his head coach did it. And so he's like, hey, I got to do it the exact same way, whether it's through schedules or practice, but that's really not the way that that person is. And so I think the key thing there in the essence of leadership is that you've got to be yourself and then tailor your battle rhythm and your structure and the way you're going to do it based on things that you believe in. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot teammofo.com slash demo and mention coach and coordinator podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Switching gears here and getting more into the teaching with technology side of things. As we said, you, you came up as a special teams coach under Mike Westoff, who was very innovative in his approach and you're showing that as well. I really liked and, and actually tweeted, I pulled this short video clip out of Lawrence first and goal the other day and, and showed, you know, what you were doing just with the pickup of the pressure on your punt team, utilizing what's free technology, go army edge. When you, you were showing that, I was like, wow, this special teams, I had not thought of it that way. I did a similar thing though. It just makes sense. Cause I did that with my offensive line and I used it for blitz pickup. But then I saw how you had the lines drawn on the screen, which is a newer function, able to draw on there now and add some things to it and watched the video of your guys doing it. It was like, wow, this is a very efficient way to teach because so much of our game is 
the thinking and decision-making and communication. Yeah, we, we still have to get out on the field and work technique, but let's have all those other things taken care of before we hit the field. Absolutely, Keith. Handful of things to unpack there. So when you talk about teaching with technology, let's break that down for a second. As coaches, we're teachers. Part of our mission is to impart instruction and to get information to our students, which is essentially our players. How do we do that? What is the best way that a player can learn? And I think as coaches, especially, I'm going to call myself an older coach. I'm 48 years old. You have to get out of your comfort zone to a degree because we want to be innovative. You want to enhance the educational process. And I think so you've first got to get out of your comfort zone. And where that is, is maybe there is a different platform out there. You mentioned Go Army Edge, which has been tremendous for us. We ended up using that in Minnesota. And even at the user level for me, there was a learning curve that you had to overcome. And the great thing about you know, Go Army Edge is now they have merged with another platform called QuickDraw, which is another technology that's out there that has really enhanced our efficiency and our ability to learn. And so what I would share with you, especially you had mentioned Go Army Edge that we use as a simulation for our punt rush, our defense now is using it for pre-snap identification, formation recognition, is that there's a difference between active learning and passive learning. Keith, so often when I was a player and even my early career, we would go into a meeting for 45 minutes and we would sit and we'd watch a PowerPoint presentation with video, right? And so you're sitting there for 45 minutes, but any education instructor will tell you that after 20 to 25 minutes, you have to change something. You have to get them up. And especially in today's day and age, when kids and students and players are walking around with this, right? They're all hooked to this. And so how can I adapt to that changing environment? And so what we have done is we Let's say we have a 45-minute space. What we'll do is we'll give that information for 20 minutes up on the board, PowerPoint, video, and then we change from what I call passive learning. Passive learning is I'm just receiving to active learning. We get them up. We go into a space. We had a space in Minnesota, which was a big meeting room. What's great here is they've got a place called The Shed here in Denver, which I'm actually going out today to test out, and it's a big screen where you can do the formation recognition and the punt protection and such. And so that is active learning. And when I was in Minnesota, guys loved it because it got them out of their seat. They had to execute the technique. They had to move and they were actively receiving information. So I know that's a little bit you know, long-winded there, but uh, both of those technologies, especially the Go Army Edge platform, which you mentioned is free, has been very effective for us. Yeah, I think when you're looking at using technology and, and you know, I could go back to, oh, I don't know. It's always been something I, I've, I've loved and embraced, but let's, let's call it the mid 2000s and really got into using this, as, you know, high school and then making a transition to the college level was there just became more and more apps I had to stack together to get what I wanted out of it. Right and now we're seeing. Uh, the technology companies doing a good job integrating with each other so that if I draw the play over here in one place, I can just integrate that. It's going to go to the other place too. I don't have to draw it over in another place as well. That's huge. I mean, because you think about this, you know, we always talk about time and how we use it. If we add something to the workflow, we don't want it to be adding time. We want it to be actually making us more efficient. So you now can in, these things are integrated and you can find ways, you know, creatively to integrate more. 
they become that more powerful for you as a coach. To add on to that, Keith, that's the first in intuition that a lot of coaches have. And I had it, right? You already are stacked to the gills in this workflow that you have. And now this new something gets introduced. And the first thought that you can not only hear, but you see is, oh, now another thing. All right. So what am I taking out of the bag to put this in? But as you mentioned, the one one resource that we all have that's most precious is time. And I think that what Go Army Edge and Pro Quick Draw have done has done a great job of integrating where now you can be much more efficient. Once you get through that first gate of, okay, this is how it works. And that's what I found out. And so it's another tool and, and it doesn't have to be all encompassing, but again, as coaches and teachers, part of our responsibility is to be innovative, is to present because coaching and teaching and giving material, it's not only educational, it's got to be a little bit of an entertainment value. You've got to keep them engaged. Otherwise you're going to lose them. And with those technologies, especially Go Army Edge, we have found that uh, we've been able to, to keep them engaged and the feedback that we've gotten from the players at this level has been positive. So we're going to incorporate that here once we get our, our players back and we'll go from there. So we're encouraged about where that's going. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest thing I liked about it, as I was watching your video and your, your players picking up the punt rush, the perspective, right? You're, you're in that case, you're putting it on a wall. Certainly you could, you could put guys individually in, in an Oculus and it'd be inside their helmet too. We have so much film and all the different angles, but none of them are actually from the player perspective. And that's the most important part. So while right. big picture, they can see those things. Yes, I see how they're picking this up and this all 22 view, but now I'm in it and I see it happening and I start to get those reps. I mean, it just gets people ready for the game in, in a way that you haven't been able to do it before. And when you think about it too, you know, I talked to a coach about this the other day, you know, the scout team, you know, you, you can remove those guys. Those guys can now be active in the learning rather than servicing the guys who are out there learning. It's, it's just, I think, that's, I think that's a great point. So let's look at the punt protection. And I was talking to my assistant yesterday about this. So what will happen in the NFL is we talk a lot about player development, player development. So what happens is it's like post-practice on Thursday, you want to work with the players, right? Maybe it's a, a wide receiver release technique. Maybe it's a shock and shed technique with the linebackers. Well, in our business, we've got our active roster and then we have our practice squad guys. And at any moment, those practice squad guys can be called up, whether it's due to injury or a guy gets cut, he's ready to go. So as a responsibility as a coach is to have that player ready to go. So you mentioned it on Thursdays, what happens is, hey, we want to do a post-practice punt protection period to ensure that our guy on the practice squad, that is our backup wing, our backup tackle, our backup guard, he's ready to go. But instead of having 16 bodies, right, I got eight on my punt team, and now I got to go find eight bodies on the other side. Well, that can be hard. Instead of that being players, that's the gusty equipment guy, dudes that aren't really reflective of the players that they're going to go against. So what we would do is we would take those eight members of the punt team and say, hey, let's go to the lab and let's, let's, spend, let's spend about 10 minutes going through some rushes. And then you can go through those melts. And again, just resource wise, you only got, you got your eight guys, right? And I don't need the other eight on the scout team side, which is another benefit to that, that technology, which has been great. I liked the other aspect of it. I saw develop in front of me as I had these guys in, in a racquetball court going through blitz pickup is that I actually could step away 
and they could talk through and solve their problems. And you see the learning happening in between them too. That I felt like those periods was just so interesting. And initially as down on the court, I would just go up top and listen and hear things and every now and then have to jump in and correct. But again, when it's not always that top down instruction that the instruction is with the guys who actually got to go out on the field and they're working things out with each other just makes that unit so much better. Yeah. And I think that's the other element, like on the offensive side, right? So we've talked about special teams, punt protection. We've talked about defense formation, recognition, pre-snap identification, but the offensive line as well, like you can get your offensive lineman in there in this lab or in this shed and you can knock out reps in regard to uh, blitz pickup or pattern recognition. So, so it's been a great technology and I think it's just only going to continue to, to grow yeah. and improve. Yeah. The other interesting one I saw, and I thought this, this is tremendous, especially at the high school level, you know, in some places in junior high, I mean, they, they don't, they don't punt anymore. Right. And, and so how you develop this skill of catching a punt and getting your eyes to where they're supposed to be to understand how the lanes are developing. And this was a coach in Kentucky, Chris Wolf is his name at male high school, state champion there, multiple state champion there. And he showed me at a clinic, we were in Orlando, how he was using it with his punt returners. And they had, at the time it wasn't, you know, it, it was this type of stuff. The, the sure. slide the you're Oculus. Up. Yeah. Not the Oculus. It was just the essentially Google cardboard, a fancy Google cardboard. Yeah. I'm with you. But he would have that on with his players. They'd have to, look that ball in and then get their eyes to where the lanes were developing. I, how do I simulate that many reps on a practice right. field in a long length drill or play like punt? I just can't, I can't do it, but he found yeah. a way to use the technology to get those guys. And that's a, I mean, shoot, that's one of the toughest skills I think to develop is, is with that punt returner. Who's got a, you know, guys bearing down on him has to look into a catch and then find out where he's going. Yeah, and I think this generation, whatever we're in, what are we in the generation X, generation, are we at Z yet? I don't even know. Z, what, what's after Z, double Z? Like they're more in tune to that than we were when we were kids, right? Because they grow up on the iPad, they grow up in this digital world, they grow up in this VR world, they grow up with this, right? And so I think players, you know, they're just much more receptive to it than, than they ever have been. So I would highly encourage it. Yeah. So to wrap things up, two things that I'm interested in in hearing from you. One, just the idea of innovation and how to find things that are gonna gonna work for you, the best ways to go about that, and then two, the utilization of the new technology and the way to be most efficient with it. So those those two things I'm interested in hearing your advice for that. So they, those kind of go hand in hand. I I, I think. What is the, the 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 quote like? You know, change and evolve and get better, or stay stagnant and die. And I think, like, again, as educators, and I'll go back to what I had talked about before there with education and coaching. Part of our responsibility is to be innovative, and it's not just, hey, I'm going to have a new formation on offense or a new motion, right? There's innovation like in scheme and the way you're attacking a defense or the way a defense is attacking an offense. But I would also encourage coaches out there to have innovation, have some foresight in the way that you're teaching. And there's going to be failures, right? You're going to go through something and you're going to be like, ah, maybe that doesn't work, but that's part of growing, right? That's part of 
getting better and then using the the technologies i would just encourage coaches out there to yeah get out of your comfort zone right especially now if you're the football coach and you know you got some space here in the spring whether it's march april may is now is a great time to get out of your comfort zone explore these technologies and don't anticipate it to be 100% right right away i like the term we use this in the military crawl walk run right so you know, we mentioned a little bit about Go Army Edge and formation recognition. Well, there's an element there that's probably crawling and then you can evolve. So don't expect it to be 100% perfect right away, but it's part of the evolution to innovate and help your players be the best version of themselves. Coach, I appreciate you taking time here on the podcast and giving us some insight into the game and innovations, technology, and certainly sharing your journey. So thank you for your time and best of luck to you and the Denver Broncos in 2023. Thanks, Keith. Stay connected and uh, I really, really appreciate the space. It's time for the Winning Edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, the biggest takeaway on leadership is that as a leader, you must be yourself. How do you do that as you are learning and growing as a coach? You must first identify your beliefs then the behaviors that must be demonstrated by yourself and the individuals you lead that will produce the outcomes you desire. It's a framework learned from Brian Kite on this podcast. Once you have those in place, you can start to say, yes, this idea fits, or no, this doesn't, or if I take this idea and do it this way, it'll work for my position, my unit, or the team that I lead. You need an anchor point for your ideas, so start with clearly identifying the beliefs, behaviors, and outcomes you desire as a leader. Two, Coach Kotwika made a very valid point in our duties as coaches to be innovative. As he mentioned, it goes beyond the X's and O's. How we teach those X's and O's must be engaging. Trying those things out now in the offseason allows us to fine-tune what that will look like in the fall. Some will stick and some won't, but it will help you to get to a place where you have the most effective and efficient room possible with the resources you have available. And there are plenty out there that are free, like Go Army Edge or Google Docs, etc. Don't let budget be an excuse for not being innovative. Three, Coach Kotwika makes an important point about implementing anything new. Crawl, walk, run. That applies to new plays or schemes, teaching methods, and the use of technology. Yes, you have a vision for what the end looks like, but you can't jump from A to Z. There's a learning curve, but taking that crawl, walk, run approach to implementing something new gives that new thing the best chance for success and impact on what you do as a coach. Coach Kotwika's entire presentation from Lawrence First and Goal is available on CoachTube now. Go to the show notes for links to that presentation. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our Winning Edge takeaways detailed in text. Also, sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.